All right, hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number five of Native As I Can Be Between Two Cultures. <clears throat> I am the host, Gino Ray. Um, so last week was uh, not my favorite thing I've ever done, but uh, recorded a basically an hour uh, <laughs> talking about myself, so... Feel free, and and based on the number of plays I have noticed, uh, feel free to skip that episode. But don't skip this week's episode. This one is really good. I'm talking with uh, some friends, uh, Nikki and Noah, um, white guy, African-American girl, been together 16 years, and we're talking about interracial marriage, dating, relationships, etc. Uh went super good definitely uh check it out pretty proud of this one um and please anytime uh i would love to hear uh feedback on any of these episodes uh, i i'm getting the the plays the number of plays i would like but uh would like to hear uh what people think and what they would like to hear or uh you know ways i could improve or uh you know anything or just even what they thought of the content uh or I should say especially what they thought of the content um and what it uh provoked in them so um so uh yeah let me know uh what you think about that and um I'm going to uh in in this upcoming episode we are of course talking about interracial relationships and we bring up uh white privilege and I bring up the uh, Netflix documentary by Chelsea Handler called "Hello Privilege." It's it's "Hello Privilege." It's me, Chelsea, and it's uh, it's about her kind of coming to terms with uh, white privilege. And white privilege is a uh, obviously it can be a very uh, controversial topic um some people don't even think it exists they think it's a myth uh i personally don't uh but uh that's for you the viewer i suppose or the listener in this case to decide so uh definitely check it out it's worth it um it might uh it might open up some things and she's a good person to to do it um because she's uh very forthright in her views on this subject and uh and how it is how it is uh impacted her life and career so uh definitely go check that out um and uh go check out Kenji Nita's podcast while you're at it he's got a really good one uh about uh illegal immigration so just search kenji nita on uh, apple podcasts or i think you can get him wherever you get your podcast but uh he also has a youtube channel so um that's a good one to listen to as well so that's the that's what's happening this week thank you for listening um next week i've got another fun episode uh planned with a guy named quentin gardner who's in a I don't know if it's death metal or what sort of genre of metal it is, but uh, he is in a heavy metal Michael Jackson cover band called Full Metal Jackson, which is just an, uh, the idea 
brings a smile to my face because I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan and uh no documentary has uh persuaded me to be otherwise. So um R. Kelly, yeah, but not not MJ for some reason. Um but yeah, so stay tuned for that episode next week and um for now let's get right into it. This is me, Nikki and Noah talking about interracial relationships. Let's go. All right, we are sitting here with, well, I'm not sitting with Nikki and Noah. I'm on the phone with Nikki and Noah. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. We're going to be talking We're going to be talking about interracial couples today and uh I am also in an interracial relationship and I think all of them are because I am interracial in a way. Um so first of all, how did you guys meet? You know, what was the spark? Uh, just kind of describe how you guys met and, and how that all went. <clears throat> we, uh, we met in college at University of Oregon. Um, probably, what year was that? 2002 or three? 16 years ago. 2003. And uh, at a party through mutual friends and then just kind of hit it off right away and then the next day or two realized that we lived or maybe that night i can't remember but we we lived in the same apartment complex like in the same building nikki was upstairs on the other side so that was convenient uh and we just kind of started hanging out and then one thing you know and our friends were friends. We started rapping, and that's how it happened. <laughs> nice. So, and then uh, from there, we've pretty much been together ever since. That's amazing. And you guys had never bumped into each other before. Nope. 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 Uh, and we probably both lived there like at least six, or I'd been there at least six months, because it was in uh, like February time. So September to February, and I think she lived there before that. Yeah, I lived there a full year. But yeah, we never bumped into each other, seen each other, anything. That's crazy. That's something out of a sitcom or something. (laughs) Um, And then you have two kids. Your kids are absolutely adorable, by the way, if you don't mind me saying. Thank you. Um, So... Cultural differences I don't think are negative necessarily, but um, how how have any kind of cultural differences or or even the way you guys came up, uh, how have they helped you guys grow individually and together? Our uh, differences are pretty big. I grew up in a pretty dysfunctional household um and so i was resilient so maybe i fought harder for our relationship sometimes Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean i think just real basic level there's uh i'm from kind of the country nikki's from the city uh she's got a big family i've got a small family she's black i'm white uh, you know, so like culturally speaking, I don't 
don't think I, I certainly didn't recognize much of that impact early on or early on in our marriage even probably. Um, but there's definitely things that just come up, especially when you have kids, you live together, like, you know, and it's not all, it's definitely not negative. It's just different. You know what I mean? So there's, uh, I don't know exactly how to describe it, but there's for sure little things that compound and add up into just a lot of stuff. But at the core of who we are as people, we're very similar in a lot of regards. You know, we're into a lot of the same things. We kind of think about life in a similar way. And then when you're together with somebody from such a young age, like I was 19. Actually, I think I was 18, just about to turn 19. And Nikki was 20, about to turn 21. And so, like, when you start with somebody that young. Change you, together. Yeah, you grow. You both grow up kind of together. And so... For sure, that probably had influences on uh, who we are now. You know what I mean? Sure. Was there anything that – was there any similarities that um, surprised you? Huh. We're both pretty stubborn. She's a little more stubborn than me, but uh, what else? I mean, back then, I think it was more about the fun – yeah. Of it all. Yeah. You know, like drinking, hanging out with friends, and as we got older, it was more about like similarities with politics and how you want to raise a family and yeah, where you want to live and what you want out of life. Yeah, like what's important to you. Right. Yeah, all that's pretty parallel, which I feel like we're really lucky because other people go in the opposite direction yeah. sometimes. So. Yeah, you could you can definitely grow up together and grow further apart. But, you know, I still like hanging out with Nikki and I think she likes hanging out with me. And so, you know, we're friends first, which is super important, I think. Um, and we communicate a lot. I think uh oh, yeah. you know, there's sometimes been times where somebody can do something that makes you feel like it's racist. And I have other friends who are in interracial relationships and the spouse doesn't understand and Noah understands, which is huge. Um, yeah, I would say that's a difference right there, dude. Uh, the communication piece, like, like, and I'm generalizing here. So bear with me, but I think in uh, in there's cultural differences amongst like how you fight and how you argue and how you communicate with each other. Whereas, uh, like in the family that I grew up in, and I think a lot of white families are like this, uh, you don't necessarily talk about everything. You know what I mean? And so. I mean, that was a big adjustment for me, getting used to all my feelings and stuff. And uh, and then, you know, Nikki's like the ultimate. Communicate. Wants to communicate about everything. And so that's, hold on a sec. Sorry, our dog. 
going in and out. Uh, <clears throat> that's a big difference for sure. I think that has to do, I don't know if it's necessarily race related or just familial family related, but like just talking about everything. And uh, I think that could be gender, he, gender too. Yo, for sure. For sure. But, you know. My dad was a super communicator. And, like, we were involved with a lot of conversations that we probably shouldn't have been involved in. So that was, like, natural for me, not so much for Noah. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how did your guys' uh, families react to, especially, I think, when you guys started getting more serious? What, what was their... Uh, uh, well... So my dad definitely, I think, was like, what the hell? All my kids are with white people. Oh, um, and then... Once they met Noah, they're like, oh, shit, Noah's down. <laughs> like, so I think that broke a lot of barriers because they were envisioning, like, a different kind of white dude, I guess, than Noah. Dude, I don't think anybody was surprised when, for me, like, on my side, <laughs> you know, yeah. I've always just had a thing for dark-skinned women. Yeah. And so... Not necessarily just black, but, like, I just was always down with, you know, that was just what attracted me. Uh So, I don't think anybody was surprised. Uh, Nobody had an issue with it. It was just like, you know, there's there's Noah's new lady. And, uh, you know, we were also away at school, in college. So, like, I don't know. I've never really been one to care too much about what other people think mm-hmm. uh, but as far as I can remember there was no like we didn't really have any negativity yeah it wasn't family. like That's oh my good. god yeah. going outside the lines yeah my dad what? my dad had sweated me about being with white women before ignoring the fact that my mom is a white woman so I never understood right. kind of how that worked but um well, that's that's good. I don't know if that's uh, common or uncommon that that everybody. Well, even Noah's like ninety year old grandma pulled me aside and was like, "Just want to make sure your family's okay with this too." Yeah. Oh, really? And she, and she was super okay with it, but she was concerned if my family wasn't. Huh. So was this? Which the... is. Oh, go ahead. Which is pretty like rare for a woman that old. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. She was cool. So was She's it, open-minded. Yeah, that's great. For 90, that's that's surprising. Uh, was was it so was it the first time dating outside your race for either of you? No. No. Okay. Um so this one's just for Nikki. So do you th- uh I don't remember where I got this, but there is sort of a, an allegation I think you could say of People of color who date interracially are accused of self hatred. Um, do you do you, do you think there's anything to that, or is that just is that just something? No, to- I mean I think there can be people like there's some black women that might be with a white guy because they want their kids to have light skin and different hair. But for me personally, I think it probably stemmed from one. I grew up in a predominantly white affluent neighborhood and so I was mainly around white people the majority of my life 
Um, and also I have a strained relationship with my dad. So I think on a subconscious level, I maybe was drifting away from that. That makes sense. Um, what about Noah? So, and then the other, the flip side of that is white people dating interracially might be thought of as rebelling. Do you, do you think there's any of that going on? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I never thought about that before. I definitely have thought about what you asked Nikki, like, you know, what is it that attracts mainly black women to white dudes or vice versa? Mm-hmm. Black dudes to white women, and uh, but on the on the flip side, probably a little bit of rebellion. Maybe just like what's the way to say that sensitively? Um, something new, something different. You know? Yeah. Like for not not foreign, but like exotic. Maybe uh, intrigued by the unknown. You know, it's not like I grew up in a super like where I grew up was mainly white people and, and Latin people or Mexican people. Um, so yeah, probably a little bit of that. And I would say for me, definitely not like self hate or anything like that. I think for me, I've always been more about the soul of the person than the look of the person. Um, and I think I lucked out with Noah cause he's good looking, but like that wasn't like my top criteria. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes to show that we've been aligned pretty much our entire relationship. So obviously color's not a factor there and not important. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, what would you say it was 16 years ago? Nine, yeah. Yeah. So clearly there's something deeper than, um, uh, you know, the exoticness of it or, or yeah. Um, well, and to make it through. Um, like in the beginning, you notice people staring, people might make comments, like it can be hard, especially for Noah, not being a person of color, Mm -hmm. um, a newfound, um, I don't know, not hate, but like negative aura sometimes from people. Um, and so for him in the beginning, I remember it being hard, like him being like frustrated and I'm like. Welcome to my life. Right. Well, you guys had said before we started recording, kind of avoiding certain areas or certain parts of Oregon. Has there been any any kind of serious incidents in places? Well, I had I had one in Portland where I was driving down the freeway and someone rolled down the window and spit on my car with the kids in the car okay. and. Uh, that freaked me out because I could have swerved and I didn't know what their intentions were. Right. Um, and that was like pretty scary, but I would say almost every negative experience I've had, Noah hasn't been there. Oh, right. That makes sense. Yeah. So when I'm by myself, because the chicken shit that's going to do something like that's not going to do it when there's a, a guy in yeah. the car. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want this smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's no, funny. there there hasn't there hadn't really been any incidents. Like I was working out in uh, Eastern Oregon one summer, and like I think there was one black dude in the town, 
But I didn't want to go. Yeah. I didn't feel comfortable. Like, I don't like putting myself in that situation where Mm. I'm more likely to have, like, a racist experience. Yeah, and it's not like something triggered it. It's just something you think about more than, you know, two white people just go wherever they would want to go or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Eastern Oregon is definitely a lot of uh, rebel flags. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a lot of the. I've seen them on cars and on people's biceps and stuff. That's... uh, yeah, um, I, I noticed, um, I, and I'm surprised the incident happened in Portland, but not too surprised. But um, I noticed I had went to Idaho a couple weekends in a row with Laura, and I was like, God, I can't wait to get back to Portland and you know be a little more anonymous, you know, be yes. blend in a little better. Even though Portland's still pretty white, like it's a little more mostly uh, accepting and up to date. Um, but I, I totally get that. There's just towns or places you're just like, can we just get the hell out of here? Like, gas up and get out of here. So, I get yeah. I get that that vibe totally. Um, um, so outside of like culture and and color and family, what is it that is making you guys? What's keeping you guys together? A common bond. Like, I just say, like, we're best friends. We really get along, and we communicate well, and we laugh a lot together. Yeah. Um, We're pretty... I'd say we're, like, have a lot of little weird idiosyncrasies that we... That match up well, you know? Like, I don't know. There's a bunch of weird stuff that we're just... We're homebodies, but, you know, we both like to eat really good food, and, like, we're just into... We like comedy. Yeah, we have a lot of a lot of yeah, like stand up comedy. We super into that. And Noah's like down with black comedy, which is huge. Yeah. Yeah. How could you not be? Uh, I'm trying to introduce Laura to a lot of the stuff I've listened to over the years, especially older stuff like Pryor and um, uh, yeah. what's the other guy, uh, Paul Mooney and stuff. And she's coming around. It's it's. I think it's hard if you're not a very uh, I think it's hard for some people to look past like the language. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. So, <laughs> so, do you think there? What kind of misconceptions do you think people have about interracial relationships? Uh, that you're running from your race, I think, or. Well, I just think that they're any different from any other relationship. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like we have the same. We fight about the same bull. Uh, stuff that anybody else would or we, you know, laugh about the same stuff or we're into the same stuff as anybody else would with their spouse and their kids, you know? It just It's like, the misconception, I would say, is that it's any different, like, at the core. I always think, like, when I get it from the black side, like, black men, it's like, why do you think you would like me? Like, you don't know me. You're only looking at my skin color. You know absolutely nothing about me. So why do you care? You could hate me as a person. Right. So I always think it's like, I don't know, strange. That they would, that they would, uh, like they would. they would care so much to like. Like they would be a better candidate because they're, because they're black. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that seems, yeah, I think, um. I don't know. It seems like the stuff that – all that stuff seems peripheral. The 
you know, yeah. that the, they don't have that big of an impact on the relationship itself. No. I think one big thing, too, is politics, especially right now, mm-hmm. that we have the same political beliefs. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I don't know how you date somebody that doesn't jive that way. I think you can like different foods, but I don't know how you cannot have the same uh, ideology as far as how you think the world yeah. is. Um, okay. Um, well, that I think was... we're both pretty open-minded, too, which I think helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, what what would you uh, would you give any advice to your kids if they were going the same direction um, as to how to navigate the waters? Or by the time they're ready to date, are we going to be in a world that nobody cares? I mean, I hope by the time they're dating that a lot of those barriers are shut down because there's so many more mixed kids and people of color everywhere. Um, what do you think? I think that, um, I mean, yeah, hopefully it's a non-issue, but I don't think it will be. I don't think it ever will be, especially not in this country. And as long as, I, I don't know, I, I have the same answer for a lot of questions about the future for our kids. But basically, I think if you raise them to love themselves and take pride in who they are, and especially women as like strong young women, then I think they will be set up to handle whatever adversity they have, no matter who they date or what they date or, you know, I mean, whether it's a man, a woman, a, you know, black, white, Asian, Mexican, it's just like if they if they treat their, if they know if they respect themselves, they're going to be with a partner that's going to respect them. And the rest is just noise. Because at the end of the day, everything it always everything usually works itself out. Um, they're not. Hopefully, it's not going to be at the front of their mind the way it is or has been uh, in the past for us and people before us. Right. I would say, as like a mom who like goes to schools, um, that it's definitely more racially diverse with more. I mean, I don't really remember very many mixed kids growing up around me. Um, And now I feel like there's a lot more. So I think that makes a difference to see people that look like you. Right. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting, uh, you know, because I've gotten heat in the dating world for dating white women. And it's not like I've exclusively went after white women. I've dated a lot of different type of women. But I think when it comes to native women... They don't, um, there's been cases where they don't want to see a native guy date a white woman. You know, it's, um, have you had anything like that in, and I'm talking to you, Noah, uh, as far as dating a a black woman, has there been any kind of issue like, why would you want to, why would a good white man go date a a black woman? Not, not that I'm aware of. Uh, I mean, if they have, if there has, then it's not communicated, which Maybe that goes back to what I was saying earlier about just like the way people communicate. Mm-hmm. But no, I've never, I've never had. Nobody's really ever confronted me about anything mm-hmm. like that, man or woman. I'd mm-hmm. also say like 
people also don't always know what Noah is. Yeah. Um, like the other day, someone thought he was Hispanic. Yeah, two people. I was like, nah, dude. <laughs> uh, so I think, I'm a Jew. <laughs> so I think sometimes for Noah, he may get a little less because he's not like a blonde-haired, blue-eyed guy. Right. Yeah, I'm not like a straight-up, uh, what is Gary on called? White cracker bread. <laughs> White cracker bread. But do you? Think yeah, no, I haven't had. I haven't had any like. Well, why aren't you with a, you know, blonde haired blue eyed girl? Like, I don't know. Well, for one, you like who you like, but I, you know, yeah. but you know, but I almost kind of see a point in, in what they're saying. Like, I could see how that might be like, you know. And and it goes back to to the uh, you know the idea that of self hatred you know like I think yeah if they I, I think it can be easily construed that if you're dating a white person and you're a person of color that you're rejecting your own people I can see how that can be how that can come across yeah for sure for sure I think it's probably more common of a thought well I don't know. At least in my circle, I, I can't really think of anybody that would have an issue with that. Noah also grew up in like a very hippie, dippy, loving, caring community. So like, I mean, they have pretty much all welcomed me with open arms. And I feel completely being in that predominantly white community because of the mind frame of a general group of people. Yeah. Even though it's a really small town. Oh, really? It's a small town and they're, and they're like that? Yeah, they're all old hippies, though. So, you know, it's like they're just pretty much good people. Not everybody, obviously, but most of them. At least anybody that we... Associated yeah, with. Yeah, that we, that we hang with still. So how does... Uh, so, Noah, do you have a... A grasp or uh, in, an understanding of sort of like white privilege, because she was saying, you know, it, it's, it's. I'm glad you asked me that, Gina. Okay. Hell yeah, dude. dude. We were just talking about this the other day, uh, and we have many, many times, but like uh, everything is white privilege, or you could make the argument that everything is white privilege. Uh-huh. From driving in your car to job interview to uh, what else? You're just talking about this. I mean, literally every you could you could take any situation and turn it into a form of white privilege. I was talking to a guy I worked with the other day, and his wife is like a quarter Asian or something. Um, I think she's Vietnamese or Thai. Thai. And uh, they were thinking about where they're going to move, like when they buy a house and stuff. And she told him one of the cities near here he, she didn't want to go to. And he, he's just like, man, I never thought about like being the only minority in a, in a town. And I was just like, yeah, dude, it's called white privilege, man. And then he said something else. It was just like we went down this rabbit hole. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's alive and well. And the more people talk about it, the more, the better it is, just like anything else. I'm going to give a free plug. There's a show on Netflix that uh, Chelsea Handler did about white privilege. 
Um, yeah, we that, just watched it the other night. Yeah, that's why it was fresh on my mind. Um, but yep. she has the analogy that it's or actually it was somebody she was talking to that was she was saying like you can't explain to a fish what water is like exactly it just yep. exists all around them and and, she, and the guy was relating that to white privilege and, and i've experienced that because i've tried to debate my uh you know my white not even debate just tell them like what white privilege is and and they always kind of have the answer like well i don't know anything about white privilege because i get up and go to work every day and i work it's in you know they're kind of missing the point and yeah. and I think uh, the other part that I liked about that show was, uh, you know, a couple different people said it. Like, yeah, it's great that you're doing a documentary and you're um, coming and talking to black people about white privilege, but you need to be talking to white people about white privilege. Yeah, we shouldn't have to coddle you, you know. Yeah, I mean, I and I think a lot of people get. I don't know. If, offended or like defensive is the word but they get they get um like awkward and 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 want to want to dismiss it because because they're uncomfortable with it or admitting that it's even such a a thought process nikki just pulled up a quote here that says white privilege doesn't mean your life hasn't been hard but it means that the color of your skin isn't one of the things making it harder, which is true. So it's, I mean, just like the fish in the water, you know, it's like, it's just, it just is, it just right. is there. It's not, it, it's not up for debate because it's such a reality. Right. Yeah, totally. And, and that's just, yeah, I think it's, and I think you're right. People get defensive or they don't like to be called out on this kind of stuff and it does. It's not a it's not a comfortable conversation to have, especially if uh you know, you're the one living it, I think. Yeah, and it's not a it's not a attack on that individual that you're talking to either, you know? Right. It's like it's like, hey man, you didn't make you personally didn't make up this this world and yeah the social construct that we're living in it's but but to deny it just makes you look ignorant right yeah definitely it's also not it's not a complaint that you know people of color are making to to as a as a uh as a scapegoat it's it's because that would that would that would take away some of the credibility, right? It, it's it's not a it's not a created construct. It's just a fact, and the sooner people recognize that, the sooner you can you know acknowledge it and work to have a more cohesive community. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and it, yeah, in 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 twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, you know, it's weird. It, sometimes it feels like progress is being made and sometimes it feels like we're taking steps backwards. Uh-huh. 100%. Um, well, I think that was all I had. Um, the baby's getting restless, so... Um, thank, thank you guys so much for your time today. I really thank appreciate you. it. Thanks for uh, doing this podcast. You're inspiring me. Oh, really? Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. I didn't know where I wanted it to go. The only, you know, I I, I just wanted people to have something to, to think about. 
And uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. You too, brother. Thanks, thank man. you, Gina. Bye.